one thing that I've learned in my last 20 years of career and business transition is transition is a journey and you have to keep improving yourself to keep moving forward and when you stop then that's the end so I want to know how others have transitioned their careers and businesses so join me for conversations on change strategy and leadership my name is Samuel T. Reddy Welcome to another episode of the Yellow Cast, where I bring you some of the leading experts who have successfully transitioned their career and reinvent themselves into other careers. Today, my guest is Mark Robinson, who started his career in the RAF as a logistician, and today he's now the editor of one of the most, of the most leading uh, settlement magazine for military personnel. In this conversation, you will know again how to lead opportunity which is number one step of reinventing yourself. You will learn about how to be around the right people and why it's also important to get around the right network. It's not about who you know, it's about what they know about you. And number three, you will learn about how to get out of your comfort zone, which in his case is very apparent. You know, Mal is now the chief editor of Pathfinder, a very leading magazine that I have read myself personally, that reaches out to over 20,000 service personnel monthly in the UK or around the world. So let's dive into this conversation with Matt Robinson and learn from his journey from military to editor. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Matt Robinson. So Matt served in the RAF and he left uh, well, he served for nine years as a decision in the air movement trade. And he has left around 2011. And Mal, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Samuel. Thank you for having me. So Mal, uh, what, what a career you have here from, from, from military to, uh, to become an editor today at Pathfinder. So, so um, I would like to go back to perhaps uh, the year uh, 2011. Uh, what made you uh, leave the RAF to, to uh, set up uh, into where you are today? Yeah, sure. Um, it was back in 2011. They were, um, there was a few MOD cuts around at the time and I was due to renew my um, contract with the RAF, if you like, and sign on again. And there was a bit of a delay in the decision about that. And I had a, a daughter coming along on the way at the time. And I basically got offered uh, a gig out in Afghanistan as a civilian contractor. Uh, within logistics and I kind of took the plunge and at the time you could um, kind of leave the forces within weeks if you had a job lined up uh, because of the MOD cuts um, so yeah it was a matter of weeks that I uh, kind of put my, my papers in and I left um, but at the same time I also knew I might be getting out so I kind of set up a, a media company whilst I was still in the RAF as a bit of a, um, a backdrop shall we say uh, but yeah, that was the main crux of it, was kind of um, waiting on decisions from the MOD. Um, and I kind of took it into my own hands and, and left the forces through that, yeah. So, so uh, interestingly, you and I serve in the same trade, you and the RF yeah. and the Army. Uh, it, it's quite normal for people like us who, who, are, who are part of the logistic to go uh, into distribution or logistics. Yeah. And I, I did that uh, as well. And you did that in the first in your first career uh, when you went to to uh, Kabul yep. to set up uh, working uh, as a private contractor. But then at the same time, 
you went to set up this uh, publication company. Yeah. Now, that's quite something. <laughs> it's outside your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically, um, I'd always been interested in media side of things, and it was something I did at A-levels, um, kind of did media studies, but didn't really progress any further. And then I joined the forces and uh, joined logistics, as you know. Um, and I'd always kind of written articles for magazines whilst I was in the forces, kind of a, a very uh, limited freelance writer, shall we say. You were um, in the station then, while you were in the area. <laughs> that's so, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I kind of, I knew a designer, uh, a guy who designed magazines, and we kind of set up a business uh, around football magazines, uh, which was our passion as well. And, uh, yeah, we formed the company without any kind of idea of what to do, kind of a, a stab in the dark, should we say, and kind of muddled our way through. And at the same time, I got um, the gig in Afghanistan as well, so it was kind of all go at once. So, yeah, it was an exciting time, should we say. Obviously, after securing investment, you, you were able to launch this 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 business. But then later on, you 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 join uh, another uh, group of companies, and that was uh, the Media Seventy Three. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it was kind of a, a strange story because I had the magazine set up already. Then I went to Afghanistan and I met a guy um, from my trade. I used to work with a guy called Oz Oswald who's sadly no longer with us. Um, and he was also a, a fan of the same football team and he knew of the magazine. And he kind of got his, uh, his boss involved in, in the company and we uh, acquired an investor on board and we kind of took the, launched the company from there. So it was kind of going to Afghanistan kind of propelled my media career, can you say, by chance. So, so being, a, I suppose what you're trying to say here is being, being around the right people is very important. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a big believer. Yeah, you can have all the skills and the and the uh, and the CV quals up to up to date. It's about also taking the opportunity and being in the right place at the right time, but also kind of helping yourself and putting yourself in the right place at the right time. I know a lot of it is luck and fate. But if you are looking for opportunities, sometimes they do come along if you are looking a lot harder than if you weren't, shall we say? You're very right, uh, Mal. And, and one of the, the first steps of, uh, of, of, of Libra's leaders, is chapter, the first chapter is called Leading Opportunity. Yep. If you don't know how to lead that, then you will miss out. They will come knocking at your door all the time and you yep. just could let it go. You know? so, so also fascinating, Mal, that you were probably the first uh, military personnel to, to really... Uh, end up working while writing for free magazines yeah yeah so i i um worked for media 73 producing the magazines for a few years and then i got the chance to become the sports editor uh, for trinity mirrors um group up in newcastle uh, which saw me become sports editor for the sunday sun um the journal and the chronicle all at once which had never been done before so it was quite a challenge, and we also had to look after the, the Chronicles website as well, which had 22 million hits a month as well to the target was for that. So it was very, very um, hectic, shall we say, and it was, it was it was enjoyable and very interesting as well. So I mean, you, you have constantly put yourself out of comfort zone. Yeah, that was. It was kind of gone from a small company to a, a, a massive company. And I found myself uh, in charge of nine sports journalists who probably knew more than me in journalism. So that was quite a difficult challenge to kind of 
not tell them to suck eggs, shall we say, but also manage them at the same time. Um, leave them alone to do the job. Don't micromanage, don't micromanage them, so to speak. Um, and then just intervene when when need be in, in management uh, in a management role. Yeah. So so yeah, it was very interesting. So uh, and then you said to me in, in 2015 you ended up working for the government, and that was uh, you then working for the Ebola time. That that was uh, directly with the government, right? That's right. Yeah, I was uh, working um, for the Department of International Trade, and it was the government's um, response to the Ebola crisis out in Sierra Leone. Uh, I got offered a role uh, out there through a contract. Uh, through a contract, I worked with in Afghanistan as a civilian contractor. So again, it goes back to um, kind of sometimes being the right place, right time, and sometimes who you know, what not what you know as well, um, and how you build contacts. So. Uh, networking for me was a, a massive thing and it kind of propelled me into some of the, the more enjoyable roles that I had and Sierra Leone was a massive life experience on a number of levels um, and to do your bit in helping eradicate Ebola crisis that was that was uh, absolutely massive in my life yeah massive turning point. You had a medal uh, for that yeah for the time you were there as well. So yeah yeah. Back on what you just said here I think um uh, networking is very important. I think networking with your immediate peers at work, uh, networking uh, in terms of operational teams, but also networking for the future. Yeah, sure. You never know, today you might connect with someone on Facebook or on LinkedIn. Two, three years down the line, you could find yourself in a situation you can actually reach out to the person, say, hold on, mate, I'm doing something here. Can you uh, help me out with something in that? What do yeah. you believe in that? Yeah. That's certainly uh, been true in my life. Um, as you say, I've built the connections up and then I've not spoken to them for two years, but it's been like, oh, do you remember me, mate, type of thing? And two years later, you're chatting away and you're putting a project together. So, yeah, that's been very true in my life. And I've also, I'm a I'm massive on networking. If you don't know who you're speaking to, you could be speaking to a guy who plays football with the CEO of a company that you want to get involved, but you just don't know who... Who else knows uh, somebody else? So networking is massive. So, so Mal, today um, you are the editor uh, of Pathfinder magazines. And I have personally experienced Pathfinder back in the days. I remember uh, around uh, 2004, I saw the subscribe to Pathfinder. It came to my door with the married quarters every month. And I, I was reading them every time because I knew at some point I will be leaving. But not just that, because the, 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 the articles were very relevant to resettlement. And I remember very funnily is the, the guy, when I left the pad, the guy who took over the house, uh, one day I met him on the street. He said to me, hey, I've got all your magazines from, from Paul Finders. I said, well, you better start reading them now. Certainly helped me in my life. So tell us more about Paul Finders. Yeah, sure. Um, so Pathfinder's been going uh, just over 30 years now. Uh, so it's been around since 1991. Um, it's a monthly magazine uh, discussing pretty much anything and everything to do with resettlement from uh, obviously career advice. And we delve into different careers every issue. Um, but we also look at things like mental health, uh, how things, when you leave the forces, how, how things affect you type of thing. Uh, we've also got Forces Career, um, Forces Pension Advice, sorry, uh, which is uh, everybody's interested in the pension, aren't they? So that's always popular. Uh, so, yeah, and there's also things in there for spouses and that. Now we're trying to develop it more and also develop it more for veterans as well because we found 
people are labelled as veterans, but they could be in the, the late 20s, early 30s, and they've left the, the forces, uh, found that first job, but they're not fully resettled yet. Um, so, yeah, people think of veterans, and they think of like Uncle Albert uh, and, and older guys, which obviously they are as well, but um, we found uh, by doing a bit of research, shall we say, that there's a lot of um, guys and girls out there that are, are still in the prime of their lives, shall we say, and they're looking for something else. They, they've got that first job on leaving the forces, but they're not happy where they are, and they're still looking uh, to continue their resettlement journey, shall we say. So we're looking to have, have adapt the content for veterans as well. So it's not just people uh, looking to leave the forces, it's also veterans and families of veterans and uh, those in, in the forces as well. So there's a lot there to cover. There's something I, I always say is, is that transition is, is a journey. And we can look yeah. at your career today. Uh, we will look, we could look all the way back to 2011 and see that that guy left in 2011. No one would, would know or where you would be today. So it is, yeah. it is a journey and you have to keep reinventing yourself to yeah. keep moving forward. You know, once you leave the military, I don't believe that the, the next career, uh, the next job is the next career. Yeah. Certainly it hasn't been my case. You know, I, I mean, I've, I've moved around in so many different trades and, and businesses. I can certainly say that I'm not even done yet. Maybe the same thing for you, right? I mean, we're all in the prime time here today. Uh, we have got 20, 20 odd years left to go. And yep. I'm pretty sure we, we are looking to to always to improve our transition journey. Um, and um, how do you find that? Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, sure. Um like just touching on what you were saying there, um, I kind of did two weeks resettlement and it clearly wasn't nowhere near enough. Um, kind of jumped the gun and I went to Afghanistan. Uh, and I've kind of uh, not paid the price, shall we say, but it's kind of been turbulent at times, but it's been a, a journey of several jobs, as we've spoke about. Uh, and I think if I planned it a little bit better, then I would have probably had less roles and less moving around. Um, but yeah, it's, I think that's in life in general these days. I think it's a journey in itself and naturally if something better or more interesting comes along that you're doing, or you, there could be a number of reasons. There could be family issues or anything. It's, you can never say never that you're going to be in a job for life these days. Uh, it's totally changed. Um, the COVID has proved that. Yeah, definitely. The current situation. Yeah. It's, it's a massive example. Uh, and I think if you come out the forces uh, with that mindset that it's ever evolving and don't be afraid of that and, and embrace it instead, then you're halfway there to, to kind of enjoy in the journey, shall we say. And you know, um, I think about Pathfinder as well, it's not just a magazine, you have your own events as well. And I thought I know you about two or three uh, with COVID. Uh, how's that going now? Are you planning for event this year? Yeah, sure. We've done, so we launched the Armed Forces and Veterans Resettlement Expo. Uh, it was 2018, I think now, or 17. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, we've done various locations around the country. Uh, we did one in Bristol just in October. That was our first one, uh, I say, after COVID, but COVID's obviously still around us. So in the, in the COVID environment, shall we say. Uh, and, yeah, we're looking, we're just in the final stages now, planning for 2022. And uh, we've got three locations lined up. I can't say quite where yet because they're not finalised, but they will be spread around the country, shall we say. So there should be uh, something for everybody um, location-wise. 
good as well. Nowadays, the, the magazine is also digital as well, so you can get it online. You don't have to wait for the paper copy to arrive. Like yeah. I usually wait for it every every month. So yeah. you get to the uh, on your website now. You can uh, get that. So so uh, Mal, if you were to go back to 2011, right, knowing what you know today, what you've uh, you enjoyed for the rest of your life, to now, what advice would you give to somebody listening to you today and leaving the uh, the military? If I was leaving the military and I went and revisited myself, um, I would say make full use of the year resettlement period. Um, I know everybody has different kind of timelines, shall we say. It's roughly 18 months it should be when you start looking at leaving the forces and then to actually you you walking out the gate, shall we say. Uh, just make the most of everything. Uh plan ahead, plan, even plan ahead to your resettlement period so you know what you're going to do. And I'd, I'd advise maybe networking first, uh, get a couple of months of networking under your belt, see what, what route you want to go down from there. Um, and then obviously you, uh, follow up on the qualifications you want to go to, to go down that route. And then once you've done the qualifications, revisit your networking um, people that you've, you've started out that journey on and just to let them know where you're at, shall we say. Um, and like I say, it's worked for me before 18 months, two years down the line, I've revisited connections and and something's come up. Uh, it's like, oh, you remember me, mate, type of thing. So, so yeah, make the most of every little second. It'll go in a blink of an eye, the resettlement phase, uh, and just take, it's not too, there's not too much advice you could get, uh, but then don't overthink things either. Uh, don't be scared to take the plunge. Um, so yeah, there's, there's probably a thousand things I could say, but making the most of your time and plan it properly is, is probably the most important. We also say, make sure you read the Pathfinder. Of course, I've subscribed to Pathfinder and you'll be halfway there to, yeah. to uh, a good city street experience, so we say. Great. So, uh, Mal, uh, thank you for your time today. Uh, it was great to, to hear from you from mover to mover. Uh, to hear about our journey experience. I, I was not really uh, um, uh, familiar with editors uh, until four years ago when I became yeah. an author. Now I'm being editor all the time and I know how important the role is in, in, in really getting a book or magazine out there. Thanks, Mal, for your time. No worries, Samuel. Thank you.